and welcome to another episode of RGU Talk. My name is Jen and in today's episode we're going to be looking at the healthcare landscape. It's undeniable there are lots of changes happening within the healthcare service and delivery and with these added pressures it undoubtedly puts a strain on employees. In this episode we're going to take a closer look at exactly what changes are happening within healthcare which has resulted in a skills gap within the NHS. And did you know that RGU have created a course to specifically bridge this gap with our Master of Strategic Service Planning and Delivery in Health and Social Care course? So we'll be taking a closer look at what skills you could learn, how it could benefit your career, and what difference you could make within healthcare with these skills. We'll also hear from one of our students who is currently doing the course so we can really find out a little bit more about her experience, what she hopes to do after graduation, and how she found returning to higher education to complete a postgraduate degree. So at this point, let's introduce our first guest joining me on the podcast today. Denise Penny is the acting course leader for the Strategic Service Planning and Delivery in Health and Social Care course. Hi, Denise. Hello. Thanks so much for joining us today. So initially, I wondered if you could give our audience an insight into what is happening within healthcare at the moment with regards to changes in service and delivery, and why exactly is there a skills shortage within the NHS? Yes, so the main change that undoubtedly everybody will have heard of um, is due to COVID-19. And this has resulted in a rapid implementation of service change to support both patient and staff safety. And one of the main changes there um, is using technology more. Prior to this, though, there was recognition that there was increased sort of pressure points within the NHS and a change in focus. So health inequalities had come to the fore. We were also recognising challenges around geography and where people live, so remote and rural areas and how that affected people accessing health care. And we were also supporting an increasingly elderly population. So this has prompted changes in health and social care services and, and interactions with the population in general. Great. So you've touched on some of the changes there. So what skills would employees need to take forward these transformational changes that you've mentioned? So employees would be looking to develop a diverse range of skills and knowledge to take forward these strategic service changes. One of the main ones that I've alluded to is adapting to um, new technological mediums. So we've seen an increase in the use of technology for accessing uh, patients such as our new near me technology. Also staff should have an awareness and an understanding of the financial landscape, data analysis to support decision making processes in healthcare and also things like addressing workplace challenges and organisational change and this is something that's come to the fore with the rapid redeployment that was seen due to COVID-19. A real broad spectrum there of skills and I guess this introduces nicely RGU strategic service planning and delivery and health and social care course as this course was specifically developed so anyone on the course will develop these skills that are missing from the workforce. So Denise can you tell us a little bit more about the course and what skills students can expect to develop? I know you've given a wee bit of a high level overview there of the skills but in a little bit more detail. Yes, so the course was developed in conjunction with NHS Grampian because there was a recognition of a skills gap in this area. 
The course is delivered 100% online. So there's flexibility for students balancing family, work, life, study and other commitments. The course uh, is studied over a period of three years and the, the students on the programme already are reporting a difference in how they're approaching challenges in the workplace and how they're applying the theory they have learned in their roles. The course is delivered from different schools within the university and this really harnesses the subject experts knowledge from these areas. Also we have industry and expert speakers coming in at regular points throughout the course to really contextualise the theory into practice. One element you touched on there and what I think is really unique about the course is that it does pull on expertise from across a range of departments within the university as the skill set develop is so broad. We know that there are modules delivered around finance, there's building design, strategic management and leadership and so on. Um, so the course content really pulls on expertise from a wide range of subjects. Um, and this actually leads on to our next guest, Sally Charles. Hi, Sally. Hi, Jennifer. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So Sally delivers a module on the course around creative features in health and social care. And I wonder, Sally, could you give us a little insight into this module specifically and what skills that students can expect to learn? So I work very much in collaboration with Fiona Roberts on this course and on the module. And what we're looking to do is bring in creative thinking, out of the box thinking. That's a, it's a very sort of overused phrase. So what does that actually mean? And Denise was talking about a practical approach to these things. So it's all very well to say that, but actually, how do you go about doing it? So we bring in a variety of tools. So I'm with the Entrepreneurship and Innovation Group, and I guess it's particularly the innovation side of what we do that we're bringing into this course. And um, creative thinking, how do you go about doing that? So one of the tools that we look at a lot in innovation these days is design thinking. And one of the, the first steps of design thinking is the process of empathy. So Denise was talking earlier about an increase in the use of and reliance on technology in healthcare these days. And I, I think it's really interesting that actually the first place that we start in creative thinking is, is not really that, it's about understanding people better. Because a lot of the obstacles to change, a lot of the things that go wrong are around things not having been designed well for the people that they are aimed at. So they can be designed very generically. Um, I was listening to something the other day where, where a woman was talking about how healthcare systems have not been particularly designed for women. So problems can arise when that's happened or there can be different ethnic groups um, that are not catered for or you were talking about different geography and that can raise problems. And the problems are not necessarily around the healthcare themselves, they're around the situations that the people find themselves in and other obstacles that they face. So design thinking um, starts with empathy and actually thinking differently from the way that you're used to thinking. The NHS is a very large organisation with a long 70 year history, 70 years plus, and that way of behaving and the thing in order to make an, a business like that, a, an organisation like that work, you have to have a lot of rules in place 
And a lot of rules can lead to a lot of process thinking, which limits people's way of doing things. Um, so with a, an increasingly diverse population with lots of different needs, um, we take this approach of being person-centered in design, which aligns very much with the sort of patient-centered thinking that is popular in the NHS at the moment, but actually looking at the individual needs of those people so that you can devise solutions for them that actually work for them. And um, one of the things that we introduce is the concept of VOCA, which is volatility, uncertainty, complexity and ambiguity. And the ability to get comfortable with all of those really difficult and challenging um, aspects of life these days. And also the concept that it might not be a single solution that, that fits everybody. So you might actually have to develop a variety of solutions. These are some of the things that we introduce. And once we've introduced that and different ways of um, getting into that creative zone, we also look at a really important aspect, which is storytelling. How do you put across the solution that you have developed in a way that people will understand it, realize that it's a really good solution and buy into it, and then actually be able to um, put that into implementation? So those are the main tools that they learn creative thinking through a, an empathy approach and storytelling. Again, that's also relies heavily on empathy because you really have to understand the audience that you're speaking to in order to particularly put things across. You'll know this, Jennifer, from your marketing background. It's really under, important to understand the audience so that you can sort of put key things into your messaging so that they'll pick up on on the things that you're talking about and realize it, it applies to them. Yeah, absolutely. I find that fascinating, like just that, you know, a different way of thinking, a different way of approaching things um, and using that creative mindset skills, actually, that you could could be transferable into any profession. Um, definitely. Yeah, not not just within healthcare. Well, we've, we've covered a huge number of skills there that, that students would develop and um, specifically on that module. But Denise, as well, you touched on some within the, the three years of the course. So, Denise, if I can bring you back in, how will this sort of package of skills that the students would get, how would that then benefit their career? How could they, on graduation, what would they do next with these skills? Thank you. As Sally was saying, um, I think the transferability of the skills is really key. We've seen a lot of people being redeployed um, during the COVID-19 situation and people are maybe thinking about working in different areas and different roles um, so this would be an opportunity for people to further develop the skills, the knowledge and the confidence to perhaps go for a promotion or a change in job role. For those that are already working in the strategic service planning and delivery area it will be an opportunity for them to gain a formal qualification um, to support the, the knowledge that they already have. So I'd like to now introduce our final guest who is a student on the strategic service planning and delivery in health and social care course. Hi Glenda. Glenda we've heard so from some of our experts here at RDU who are involved in delivering the course but we're really keen to hear from your point of view 
as a student who is going through it at the moment and also what you hope to do with this degree. So I wonder firstly if you can give us a summary of your background Glenda and why you decided to go back into higher education and do a master's degree. Well, hi, Jennifer. I uh, qualified as an occupational therapist. Oh, it must be almost 30 years ago now. And back in the day, it was actually a diploma from the College of Occupational Therapy that you received. So I'd actually never done a degree. And I don't think that had stopped or halted my career in any way. But as I got to a certain age, I felt I can't I can't really progress further unless I do something further academically. And not just from a career perspective, I think from a personal perspective of thinking, I know I can do this, so I, I really want to get it done. So maybe maybe a slight bucket list uh, touch to that. Um, but it, it was a bit more than that, I suppose, a bit of career and a bit of sort of personal fulfillment. Amazing. That's really good to hear. And so then why, what attracted you specifically to RGU then to do your master's degree? Well, I'd started to do a bit of a re research about where would be a good place to do a master's. And I'd actually, when I was younger, I had wanted to study occupational therapy at Robert Gordon's, but you had to be 21 and I was far too impatient to wait. So I went to Glasgow, I think at 18. So I always had a soft spot for Robert Gordon's and it actually, the flyer for this course kind of came out of the blue and um, it appeared one day in my emails and I read through it and I, I thought this is unbelievable. I've been trying to research courses. This ticks just about every single box that I'm looking for. And I think because it was such a bespoke course for Scottish health and social care that it it just seemed too good an opportunity to miss. And that probably actually covers my next question. But what attracted you to the strategic service planning and delivery course in particular? So you touched on a couple of elements there about the uniqueness of it. Um, but yeah, do you want to go into a little bit more detail about that? Yeah, I think when I was doing research, it's actually quite difficult to find a course that it, for somebody who's got a bit of work experience and career progression under their belt, it's quite difficult to find something that's actually going to enhance all of that. So there was degrees um, in policy and strategy, but the Robert Gordon's course, uh, it recognises the joined up nature of health and social care in Scotland. And the partnership I work for is pretty advanced in that. And it, it just covered so many of the issues that we face. So reading through the course plan and the syllabus, um, there wasn't one part of it that stuck out as mm, that bit's not as good as the rest. It just looked like a great full package. And and so it has proved to be. And if you don't mind me asking, how far into the course are you? I am now on my final module in second year, and we are just about to start what we call the capstone project for our final year. And that's our large dissertation. So the end is in sight. <laughs> it is. It is. I, I can't believe it. During a pandemic, what we've got the first two years almost under our belt. Excellent. That's good to hear. So you, you touched on um, just briefly there about the partnership that you're part of at the moment. Um, how will your degree help you in your career? Um, 
kind of where you want to get to, the, the bigger picture of where you'd like to be? Well, I'd say it's already helped in the sense that so much of the study we've done, it's all very practical based. So you're actually using examples from your own work experience. And that has allowed me to really properly reflect and review and learn but so much more of the work that we do. Uh, so it allows you to do a deeper dive into aspects of our policy, maybe aspects of our leadership training, aspects of our building strategies, and you're learning about what the more national picture is at the same time. So in terms of just enhancing my knowledge for building confidence, it's been absolutely great for that. But it's also opened, I, I suppose, doors to there's other areas which I might not be very strong on just now, but there's an opportunity because I'm pretty well informed on them now. So it's it's done us a double thing of allowing me to probably appreciate aspects of my role a lot better and to kind of share that knowledge with the organisation and to drive forward um, different projects with some of the skills that I've learned as well. I think that um, actually is very um, in keeping with some feedback we had from another student as well who touched on that that you, you were kind of using this degree to to very much challenge the status quo so mm -hmm. um, she felt that she had been in a couple of situations where people said well this is the way it's always been done so that's the way we do it um, and she was very much complimenting the course to say actually it's allowed her to think differently and um, and put different perspectives to things and, and provide different solutions which hadn't been kind of trialed and thought of in the past so um, yeah I think think that ties in nicely with with some other feedback we've had as well but as we know the course is delivered entirely online um, mm -hmm. and I wondered what your experience of studying online is um, so can you still interact with others on the course are you able to access all the resources that you need online how's your experience been of it so far yeah I I couldn't fault Robert Gardens really for their online access I wasn't sure ex exactly how it would work and bearing in mind that we started the course off pre-pandemic. So I was super impressed with all the um, infrastructure that Robert Gordon's had. And I actually assumed that every university had that. During the pandemic, I, I learned from undergraduates and other universities that absolutely was not the case. So I've never had a difficulty um, with the software that we've used. I think as the course has progressed, um, and as students on it, we've got to know each other a bit better. You, you understand how much rapport you can actually build up through using Teams um, or the, the Blackboard classroom environment. And I, I, I think it's been a really positive experience, particularly um, when you're working, working from home it's not, uh, it, it wouldn't be rational for me to have been able to attend university in person, yeah. just too many other obligations. Um, so the online stuff, I think, has works really well. And as I say, super impressed with the setup at RGU. I would say um, I've, I haven't met anybody who has evidenced such a good experience as Robert Gordon's has given me. Oh, that's so so lovely to hear. And do you feel that you've still been able to access the resources, whether I don't know if you've used like the library or anything like that, but that's all been available to you online as well? 
Yes, sometimes I do spare a thought for whichever librarians are having to put all of this stuff online to make it accessible (laughs) because it's incredible. It really is, even for somebody like me, uh, just click, 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 and you suddenly have the book, the chapter. It's fantastic. Um, Really, really impressive. And I think as well, um, never really having to print things out, I think. Mm Pre the pandemic, it was always a bit of obsession with printing things out. Actually, mm-hmm. if something's online, you can do lots of highlighting, cutting and pasting. And it's just little things like that that actually make quite a difference. Excellent. Well, that's just covered all the questions that I wanted to ask you today, Glenda. Um, firstly, I just want to wish you all the best with the rest of your studies as well. As we said, the end is in sight. Um, But thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate your input and your experience and knowledge of how um, of your experience on the the course to date. So thank you so much and uh, all the best for the future. Thank you. Pleasure. Also to Denise and Sally, thank you so much for your input. It's been great catching up with you today. And if anybody would like to learn a little bit more about the Strategic Service Planning and Delivery in Health and Social Care course, then do head over to our website head over to www.rgu.ac.uk forward slash SSPD, where you can find out all the course details and how to apply. Thanks again, Denise and Sally. Thanks so much for joining us. And thanks to everybody for listening. Thank you.